0: Hi everybody and welcome to Zion. It's Phil Strong here. Great to be with you again and excited to share with you the second message in the series about vision. Vision 2023 plus is what we've called this, a series of three messages and we're looking forward into the vision for 2023 and beyond, hence the name 2023+. plus. Uh, Thanks for the feedback from last week's message. A little invigorating around scripture, but more invigorating around the reflection questions. So I heard from several people that were at home working through the message in small groups that they had some pretty deep conversations going on. And look, that's really how we embody the text, how we take in the text and and bring it in and make it part of ourselves as we, we pause the video and we make the questions work for us. So today we've got a whole bunch of dialogue going on and I'm really looking forward to seeing and hearing the fruit of that as we grow together. Years ago, uh, I was going through a bit of an interesting journey uh, for me professionally and as a family. And uh, the Lord said to me, he said, I want you to take your family and I want you to head overseas for a year and I want you to rebuild your family. It was an absolutely out of the box, out of the blue, crazy thought Uh, that Kathy and I had to process together and if you read my book Building a Strong Family you would have read a lot of the stories that go with that journey but look it was just stupendous to think that God would have us do such a thing, uplift our family and take off for a year with no work, no destination except a bit of a pathway that we followed. And you know what, we were, we were ambitious enough to say yes to that invitation. Uh, it wasn't without its cost, it wasn't without its challenge, it wasn't without its drama, and it wasn't without uh, lots of growth opportunities. But you know what, we flourished in the growth. And uh, look, you couldn't have written a script for that year and what happened afterwards. Now the reason I tell you that is often God calls us to get up and go. Uh, that's what a vision is. God says, get up and go. Uh, vision calls up us, it propels us, it launches us. And so that's what this series is about, is how do we get up and go? And I want to speak to that uh, from Hebrews chapter 11. Now last week's message, I spoke about Hebrews 11 verse 8 and 9. And so you can see the link to that message in the description below on YouTube. Now, it's really, really important that we don't take verses in isolation. We look at them in context. We look at them in the reference and the narrative and how it fits part of the bigger Bible picture. So, of course, reading Hebrews 8 and then talk about Hebrews 9 meant that we really do need to think about Hebrews chapter 11, verse 10. And, and so what we're going to do is we're going we're to do that in context of what I shared last week. So let's read Hebrews chapter 11, verse 10. It's on the screen for you right now. Abraham was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations a city designed and built by God. Well that's the verse that we're going to launch from today that's the verse that we're going to uh, look to beginning at the beginning and then launch from into our vision message and really going to dig into what's going on inside of us and what we need to do to prepare ourselves for a journey But before we do that, I've got a question for you. I like to put these reflection moments in the videos. I like you to read the question and then pause the video and chat with whoever you're sitting with. Uh, Hopefully you're in a table group or a small group. You're walking with someone and listening to the message. I really want you to discuss this. Here's the question on the screen now. Does faith give birth to vision or does vision give birth to faith? Pause the video and discuss that now. Hey, look, I think that question is, is a matter of chicken and egg, isn't it? Sometimes we need to have faith in order to trust God, to, for Him to release a vision into us, uh, an idea, a revelation, a challenge, a, a journey that we go on. And uh, I know that it certainly takes faith to receive that uh, vision. So uh, there's no real answer to that. But, but sometimes I, I like to ask these questions because we've got to position ourselves to receive from God. If we're going to position ourselves and say, God, I trust you, what would you like to say? then we've got faith and trust in him to believe for that. If we're then going to say, God, uh, I have a vision, I'm going to trust you to walk in it, uh, then we've really found ourselves in the right position. So no right answer, no wrong answer, but it's a challenge in order that we might position ourselves as Abraham did. Now I want to make a reflection on the story of Abraham. If you haven't yet gone and read that, then last week I said, look, have a look at Genesis chapter 11. Chapter 11 is all about the history and the lineage and the genealogy but you get right to the end of chapter 11 and it talks about Abram and his father Terah and the journey they went on and then what happened next. From Genesis chapter 12 onwards, you read this call of Abraham to go into a land that God would show him, and he went on that journey. Now, I've got some reflections I just want you to understand, because we've got to think about this in the context of history. What does it mean for us? So let's look at this. Here's the first point. Abraham's journey was very long, very dangerous, and very uncertain. Only about 400 miles, they reckon, but it was through uncharted territory. There was no maps, no freeway, no internet nothing he had to go and it was dangerous the second thing that we read here is that he was leaving his friends his family and his home everything that was known to him he had to walk away from his father's land his inheritance his brother all of that gone he had to walk into the unknown The next thing that we see here on the screen is he was heading towards an unknown people. Now, we might think that's pretty okay these days, but in the history of Abraham, going into a foreign land as an alien, not having the confidence and the surety of protection of your family was incredibly dangerous. He was not only going to a people he didn't know, he was going to a place where he had no right or power to claim land as his own. Now this is crazy when you think about the promise God gave him. God said, go, I'm going to give you a land, you can't see it, but you've got no right to possess it. Talk about faith. It's no wonder Abraham is in the hall of fame when it comes to the hall of faith. And finally, I want you to see this point. He had no means to possess the land. At this point, Abraham had no wealth, he had his family, he hadn't established himself, he was a travelling nomad living in a tent. How would he buy something? How would he possess it? Now, why have I got these five points here for you on the screen? I want you to think about your faith journey, all the comforts you've got, all the careful steps that you plan, all the surety you've got as a backup. And I want you to contrast that with how Abraham did it. Now, I'm challenged by that personally, because often I like to dot the I's, cross the T's, have a strategy and make sure there's a plan of resources along the way. God sometimes says, go on a journey, you're not going to know necessarily the fullness of it, and that creates uncertainty in us. And look, I just want to acknowledge uncertainty. Uh, We had a council meeting this week, Zion Council met, and they were really helpful to remind me that the season we're in is challenging, that the journey is unknown, and this creates uncertainty. So I really want to acknowledge that. And I want to say, look, this is the best way to journey is to have lots of conversations. So let's keep talking about Abraham. Let's keep talking about Zion and our journey. And let's understand that we can support each other as we travel the journey. Look on the screen here. We see that the first word that I've highlighted is confidently. Faith does bring confidence. But where does the confidence come from? And my favorite verse in reference to this comes from the beginning of Psalm 121. Where does my help come from? My eyes look up to the hills. My help comes from the Lord. Our confidence has to come from the Lord. And if you're one that likes reflection, you want to be thinking about where does my confidence come from? Does my confidence come from the plan I've got? Or does my confidence come from the call I've got? And there's a big difference. The second part of that verse I want you to look at on the screen here is he was looking forward. Abraham was looking forward. And one of the reference points that we've got for this that God said to us in an Acts Church conference a couple of years ago, remember back in the old days, we could gather in conferences? God said to us through the message there, it was shout conference. He says, Tell the people of God to get moving. And that's a quote from Exodus chapter 14 and verse 15. God says, move. God says, go. God says, I'm sending you. It's a looking forward. Often if we're comfortable in the place we're in, we become stagnant. And God says, come on, it's time to go. And finally, I've highlighted on the screen there that Abraham was looking to something. His eyes were on the vision. His eyes were on the promise. His eyes were on a destination. Even if he didn't know what that destination was, he knew he was going somewhere. And look, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 says, Faith is being convinced of what we do not see. It's, a, it's kind of hard to wrap our heads around, but that idea that we can have a confidence in faith, that God is leading us somewhere, even if we can't envision it uh, in the natural, if we can't see it in the natural or touch it, God is leading us somewhere. So faith always has an object. Faith has a destination, it has a target. And that's what we've got to remember when it comes to vision. Now, the big swing around for us today is what does that mean in the context of Abraham and Zion. Here's the big clincher for today's message. Look at the text. Abraham was looking to a city that was designed and built by God. This is the big idea for today. God's vision for us is not something practical. God's vision for us is not something tangible. God's vision for us is not a church building or even a location. God's vision for us is his kingdom established on earth. And that's a big deal for us. Before I get into unpacking this in the text, what I do want to point to is a reference, uh, a commentary. Ellicott's commentary for English readers, let me read to you what he says about this verse. What the people of faith saw of earthly blessing was but the earnest of some greater gift still future. Now that's old language. What that means is what they imagined God had in earth was just a promise, a first taste, uh, 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 like a down payment of something that was even greater in the future. And yet it was present through the power of their faith. The shifting tent might be Abraham's home now, but he waited for that city which should never now change. What does that mean? Abraham was living on earth, but he was living in hope of heaven, of eternity. All the commentaries that I read on this text prove Abraham wasn't thinking of a natural city, a natural nation. He was new that God was giving him an eternal promise. What does this mean for us? We need to set our faith and hope on God's eternal promises, not the tangible benefits of earth today. Not our comforts, not our securities, not a place we call home, not a building, not even a name above a door. We need to set our confident hope, our faith in God who has an eternal promise for all of us. Friends, we must look in faith with the perspective of heaven. That's why Jesus taught us to pray, Father thy will be done, here on earth as in heaven. What does that mean? Thy kingdom come, your rule, your reign, your reality in my world. This is the faith that we're trying to develop here. I'm not trying to point you to a specific, tangible location, destination or vision statement. What I'm trying to stir you in, in faith, is that as people of God, we're called to walk with God and heaven is our reality. And here we get to the end of the first section where I'd like you to pause and take some time to reflect on what the scriptures point to. You can see on the screen there are a bunch of scriptural references and when you pause the video, you'll be able to turn to them in your Bible or on your device of choice. These passages show us That the reality God has promised for all of us is greater than the world we live in today. It's a renewed world. It's a redeemed world. It's heaven come down uh, onto our earth. Come on, take the time. I want you to pause the video. I want you to look at these scriptures. And I want you to discuss how they might change your mindset around where God is leading you and where God is leading his church in our current season. Pause the video and we'll catch up shortly. Well, some of those scriptures might have been challenging for you. Uh, Some of them might have been new to you. But what I'm trying to convey to you today is the vision, the call, the stirring that God brings in his people is a stirring to set our sights on the realities of heaven. Our vision is not a man-made world, but resurrected people. Come on, that's our hope. We've got to get our ideas off of ourselves and out to the broken world, to the dying world, to those that need to be connected, reconnected, back into the loving embrace of God their Father, through Jesus Christ their Saviour and their Lord. That's the mission. That's the vision. That's what we've got to urge ourselves into and and draw, draw ourselves into as God's family. The scripture I've chosen to convey this to us comes from the conversation that Jesus had one night with Nicodemus, who was a Pharisee. He was a leader in the, in the Jewish uh, council, but he snuck away at night to talk to Jesus. And he's, and he's like, Jesus, I know that you're a, a teacher, a rabbi. I know that you're, you're of God. Help me to understand. It's well worth reading, John chapter 3. But here we have on the screen the verses I want to refer to. Jesus replied to Nicodemus, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. In this conversation, Nicodemus has got his mind blown because Jesus says, You cannot enter the kingdom of heaven unless you've been born again. Now, for Nicodemus, this was a challenge because he wanted to be part of the kingdom. He was raised to believe that the Jewish people would be part of God's kingdom. And Jesus says, Well, you can't do that unless you're born again. This just blew Nicodemus' mind. He's like, how can a man re-enter his mother's womb in order to be born a second time? And Jesus has his answer. He says this, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. This is the big mission. This is the big vision. We must go and see a broken world find their Savior in Jesus Christ. The answer, what is our vision, is to see people born again of of the water and the Spirit that Jesus talks about. This is also confirmed for us in the commission that Jesus gives us in Acts chapter 1. Let's have a look at that on the screen. Jesus says this to his disciples and to us. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. This is the vision. This is why we must allow ourselves to respond to God in faith and say, God, if you're saying go, my answer is yes. In faith, I say yes. The flip side of that, friends, is that every time we say yes to God, We've got to say no to something of our flesh, of something of ourselves. When Jesus calls us, we know that he requires a sacrifice. I've spent a bit of time reading some commentaries this week on the call of Abraham and what it means to go and seek a city whose foundations are built by God. And here's what Matthew Henry says. I'd like to read this to you. We're often called to leave worldly connections, interests, and comforts. If heirs of Abraham's faith, we shall obey and go forth, though not knowing what may befall us. And we shall be found in the way of duty, looking for the performance of God's promises. The trial of Abraham's faith was that he simply and fully obeyed the call of God. Many who have a part in the promises do not soon receive the things promised. Faith can lay hold of blessings at a great distance, can make them present, And love them, rejoice in them, those strangers, as saints whose home is heaven, as pilgrims travelling toward their home. All true believers desire the heavenly influence. The stronger the faith is, the more fervent those desires will be. The best way to enjoy our comforts is to give them up to God. He will then again give them as shall be the best for us. Let us now look as far as our faith has caused like obedience, when we have been called to lesser acts of self-denial or to make smaller sacrifices to our duty? Have we given up what was called for, fully believing that the Lord would make up all our losses and even bless us by the most afflicting dispensations? That's challenging. Matthew Henry is calling us to have the faith of Abraham and make the sacrifice that is necessary for the vision. Friends, I'd like you to pause the video now, and I'd like to challenge you to think about what is it that I might need to sacrifice as part of the journey going forward? You might not even know what that journey means, but sometimes God asks you to make a sacrifice as an act of obedience and faith before you even know what the next step is. Pause the video now, and I'd like you to ask God, What sacrifice are you asking me to make? That's a tough question and it's not an easy question that should be rushed. So you might want to come back to this later. You might want to spend time in your journal and in the scriptures and ask God to speak to you. I've got another question for you. As we were praying for the church this week, we were led by God to Romans chapter 12 that says that we must not be conformed to the ways of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Paul then said that each one of us, as we love each other, have gifts and grace that according to the gifts given us, we should serve others. So here's my question. What gifts has God given you that you can use to serve the mission of going to the world? Every single one of us plays a part in the mission of God. The challenge for every single one of us is to find our part to play. Go on, pause the video, and answer that question. My final question for you is uh, a little challenging. And it comes from a conversation that I had during the week. As you know, if you've watched the videos, we feel like God is calling Zion to, to leave its current location and to go to a place that we've not yet seen. That means Zion might not have a building, might not have a home. We might be nomads. We might be living in tents, just like Abraham. But here's a question that I was asked this week that I'd like you to ponder How can people come to know Jesus when Zion no longer meets in this building? I want you to ponder that. I want you to think about what part you can play. Friends, I've been saying for years church is not a building, church is not a meeting, church is not a location, church is not even a brand or an organization. Church is people. So the question will ask again, how can people come to know Jesus when Zion no longer meets in a building? Hey, this is really, really challenging. And you might think it feels like a bit of smoke and mirrors. And look, he's not even telling us anything. He's just challenging us to go on a journey. And that's absolutely true. This is not really the right place for me to talk about the specifics of what, how, when and who. So what I'd like to do is I'd like to invite you to a Zion family meeting. We're going to be meeting at church in the building on Monday the 23rd of May at 7pm. And I'd really like you to come along if you can, to be in the building, to hear some of the stories, to hear what God's been saying to us further and to see some of the practical steps. Because what I'd like to do is I'd like to do my very best that I can to shine light on the pathway of where we're going. As I close, I just want to encourage you that uh, this journey, uh, whilst uncertain, whilst it feels uh, unstable, There is a parallel with Abraham. He was called and he went not knowing where he was going. He was called because he had faith and confidence in what God would lead him into. And it wasn't practical. It wasn't tangible. It wasn't a city with his name on the tag. It was a city with the eternal foundations that are built by God. It was a heavenly fellowship with God himself. And that's what God's calling us into. And quite frankly, I think we should just be saying, yes, God, I'll do what's necessary to walk toward that. I'm inviting you to come on a journey with Zion. I'm not promising it will be easy and I'm not promising that I know all the steps, but I am excited that God is leading us out into a place that we don't yet know because there's a broken and lost world that need to find the love and the healing of Jesus Christ. And I believe God's calling his church out of the building, into the community to help people find that message of love because friends, we are that message of love. Let me pray for you as I close. Almighty God, I pray for the peace and comfort of God our Father to surround His people in times of uncertainty, in times of change, and even conflict. Would your peace rule in our hearts and our mind? Would your love help us to bind together in unity? Would your grace enable us to have tough conversations and and live in the tension of the unknown? God, we can't do this in our natural strength or in the flesh that we have as our bodies limit us. But Lord, help us to do it by your Holy Spirit in us, working through us and joining us in unity as we walk in partnership with you. Lord, help us to see what you would see, help us to hear what you would say, and help us to go in the direction that you point us. I pray God's peace and blessing on your people. In Jesus' name, amen.